quite unusual. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Oh, I'm your host. Uh, we are we are your host. Fuck, I forgot how to do this. We're your hosts. I'm Noel. I'm just not. I was just waiting for you to just keep unraveling. I was just gonna say anything. I am Nicole, and we're your hosts, and we are the hosts of this podcast. Sorry, I've been fucking reeling for the last three days. You have. I have. You have. We uh, just got back from Waverly Hills Sanatorium. We sure did. And it was. It was a blast. It was a delight. Everyone there was beautiful. Oh my God, gorgeous. So many new spooky friends. Stunning. Um, a lot of spooky things. I'm going to try to fix this really quick. Hold on one second. Ghost haunt. I'll just talk then. Um, Can you just talk through it? <laughs> yeah, I'll just, I'll just continue. I'll just fill the air. I'll just fill the air. Um, we did ghost hunting. We did a walking ghost tour of That Louisville. was really fun. And the houses there are super cheap. You can buy a McMansion for like, I don't know, $400,000. It's like seven bedrooms, four baths, mm-hmm. pink. We saw a pink house. The pink palace. I love her. I want to live inside of her. I want to just roll myself up into a little ball and live in there. And every time the pink palace feels me move, she just knows it's me inside of her. It's a little tickle inside of her. little tickle. Yeah. Do you know what uh, you can buy for $400,000 here? Like a two bedroom, two bath box on the side of the highway. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. (laughs) A bungalow. Yeah. Like underneath an overpass. So, anyways, we're moving to Louisville. Yeah. We're going to move there. Um, (laughs) I'm I'm in it for the hot browns. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. They have this thing where uh, it's like a bunch of meats, like ham and turkey and. What so else? many meats. Gravy. Is, I feel like gravy's in there. Gravy, okay. potatoes. It was, actually, I'm going to pull it up. It's called a hot brown. It's, it's like their brown. signature dish. Neither of us got it. We almost got it on the last day, but then we decided on the chicken and waffles instead. Yeah, which, we decided we weren't hot brown people. No, hot brown's not for us. No. Okay, so a hot brown is an open-faced sandwich. It's like mm. a piece of Texas toast, and then on oh, top yeah, of yeah, said yeah. toast, you put uh, bacon, ham, Mm. Some sort of turkey situation. It's got the meats. It's a hot brown has got the meats. It does. And then you put uh, sometimes mushrooms. I'm seeing. Yeah. Maybe we do a little mushroom on it, and then a mornay sauce, which is just like a white cheese sauce, and then you broil it. So All together, it doesn't sound bad. We saw some guy eating one. It looked interesting. It looked fine and good. We should have got one. I don't eat pigs. So I, you know what? I would be really interested in like a vegetarian one. Yeah. Like with just like a shit ton of veg on it. And like a sounds... lot of cheese. Yeah. I mean, how do you go wrong with cheese and veg? Yeah. So, I mean, there was ghosts. There was uh, friends. There was mm-hmm. karaoke. We did karaoke. We did do that. And by karaoke. And hot browns uh, this past weekend. So. What, what more does a girl need? Yeah. You know? Little hot brown, little karaoke. We'll uh, we'll give the full. We're gonna do a full recap on our Patreon of a little bit more. Get yeah. into more of what we, the ad- wacky adventures that happened to us that weekend. <laughs> yeah, we'll also post some bonus footage up there. Um, we took videos of our time at Waverly Hills Sanatorium, and then uh, we did do the little ghost tour, just like some some fun little stuff. So we'll post that up probably honestly the end of this week, maybe beginning of next week. Mm-hmm. But she's coming at you pretty soon, baby. And um, somebody did, shout out to Allie for recording our karaoke session, because that embarrassing piece is also going up on the Patreon. First of all, (laughs) 
she is a cinematographer extraordinary. She truly is. She got like angles, zooming, zooming out, getting the crowd. Like she went behind us at one point. I don't even mm-hmm. remember that happening. It was great. All angles. So we have all, all angles. angles of us being making asses of ourselves. Fucking asses. Extremely drunk. I just screamed the whole time. You did. I did. It's fine. We were all kind of screaming. We were scream singing, which is yeah. like the only way to do karaoke if you don't know how to sing, which we don't. So yeah. that's what we do. I always think about when we were in Jamaica and mm-hmm. we went to this karaoke place <laughs> and we wanted to sing karaoke so bad. Yeah, we were going to sing Mamma Mia because yeah. that's a good choice for two people who don't know how to sing to sing. But we do love Mamma Mia. We so do actually, Mama. it is a good choice. <laughs> we do. And Nicole and I have never done karaoke no. together, but it's been like a dream of mine. Mm-hmm. So we went to this beautiful place. Um, we like we're drinking like some island drinks. There were all these people having a great time. There was a man who did like seven songs <laughs> in a row. And we're like, what the fuck? I mean, yeah, he's a voice of an angel. Well, right, but it's like that's not the fun part. The fun part is that everyone doing karaoke sucks. It's not this one guy's like no. American Idol audition. Yeah, it was crazy. And then I was like, wait, who is that? And you're like, that's five time Emmy <laughs> award winner, no, Josh Groban. And then we found out Josh Groban was staying at our no Josh at our Groban. inexpensive. <laughs> Josh Groban was not there. All inclusive at our all inclusive resort in Jamaica. Yeah. No, but yeah, that was a bummer too because we had like tried we like got up all the courage and yeah the drinks in us to be like all right we're gonna do it yeah and then we put our name in and they're like yeah if we have time and then the same two men just did it like one after each other yeah and it was and it was amazing because they were like and they were both really like, good. Yeah, but like the guy that was like slightly less good was like yeah. trying to prove he was. Oh yeah, he was trying to outsing the other guy who was like an actual professional singer. Yeah, it was. Just... And we're like, go home, professional singer. This is not how karaoke works. This You're isn't s- for you. This isn't for you. You're no. not supposed to be good. Karaoke should be done the way we did it in Louisville. Drunk and screaming. Drunk and screaming, and huh. me adding commentary about how much I hate the patriarchy. Yes, the way. God intended. That's what God wants. When you sing karaoke, it's what he wants. That's what God wants from us. We were we were put on this. And on the seventh day, karaoke shall be ahead. All right. All right. So yeah, you can check out all that stuff. Come to the Patreon. We'll post about when it's going up. Um and we're here for part two, Heaven's Gate. Two Heavens Two Gate. Two Heavens Two Gate. Um if you haven't listened to the first part. Listen to the first part. Yeah, that's insane. Oh. It's so insane. So many people don't. It's so crazy. <laughs> it's, I mean, unless you're just like, I don't know. You like to live life dangerously. Or yeah. you're just bad at counting, which or, I I, I'm not here to judge. That too. I'm, I'm bad at math, but come on, man. Yeah. Uh, do you want to give us a little recap of what you talked about on part one for yes. those who are, I don't know, not listening to the first part for some reason? Yeah. If you fucking blatantly <laughs> ignored our last episode. Uh, Here you go. Last week, I guess, we opened the Heaven's Gate series by learning about who the leaders are. Body we opened medals. the gate to Heaven's Gate. That was really good. Thank you. That was really good. Thank you. Wow. Thanks. We need a slow clap. We do. We also need a Shark Tank sound. Dun, dun, dun. dun. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking love Shark Tank. <laughs> Me too. Okay. Um, our leaders, Bonnie Lou Nettles and Marshall Herf Applewhite of Fringe fame. Oh, yeah. He loves Flair. He fucking loves it. There's one thing I remember from part one. Flair. Yeah. He says, you don't have Flair? I simply do not care. That's what he was known for saying. So. What is it? A-B-A-F? 
Always be adding flair. Always be adding flair. ABAF. Yeah. But you know what? Be careful. You know who else had flair? Who? The Nazis. You can't go too much flair. What is this? TGI Fridays? Too mu- Yeah. Too Dude, much who, flair. What movie is that from? Office Space, right? Yeah. Yeah. Brian has 72 or some shit. <laughs> too much flair. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I think um, we can glean from their early lives which is what we went over last week, if you just fucking are ignoring it, uh, why they started Heaven's Gate. Mm-hmm. They're not, unlike us, personally, they're just people searching for more, people who believed there's more to life than what we can physically see. They were looking for a family, a community, a purpose, and they kind of found each other. They started preaching their ideals. Some people started listening whether it was just like, you know, his hypnotic eyes and his unblinking stare or his incredible fashion <laughs> sense. Marshall Applewhite was a captivating speaker. And of course, Bonnie Lou Nettles was just clever. In oh, a, yeah. A, she was the brains. She, We've established that. Yeah. And we'll go on to see that she, especially in episode three of this series, we mm-hmm. will 100% see that she is driving the ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, Marshall's just out there. Twerking with his sequence on living life, adding which, glitter and fringe to everything he comes across. Maybe yeah. little sequins. Oh my god! I actually came across this really interesting article. Um, it's a contemporary article. You know, how I love it about how every time he would walk into a room, he would throw glitter at people's faces, just in their eyes. Yeah, and it was just like he's like, "Do you see? Do He'd you be see like, what I see?" Yeah, but with glitter. Was that yeah. his noise? No, no, no. This was his noise. That's what you would hear when Herf walked in the room. Just also, I blow, made that up. He didn't do that. Blow glitter, glitter into your eyes. Yeah, I made that up. He didn't do that, but I like to think he does. Would have been a lot cooler if he did. <laughs> so, shall we discuss where this dynamic duo's partnership leads them? We shall. Okay. So, when we left our two, the two, they had befriended a woman called Sharon Morgan, who would be the first to join their little twosome they're little cults, but decided that she should go back to her family. Mm, yes, I remember Sharon. Since last week, I found some very interesting detailed information about their time with Sharon. And if it's okay, I want to backtrack a teeny tiny bit. Sure. And I want to talk about that because I think it shows a lot of insight into their cult. Or, I guess, religious organization. We're calling it a cult. We're calling it a We're cult. We're calling it what it is, okay? Yeah. Okay, so if you remember, Sharon left her husband and baby to be with Marshall and Bonnie Mm -hmm. after meeting them and believing that they were the witnesses spoken about in the Bible. Well, I also found out that Sharon was in a very bad, not not abusive marriage at the time. Mm -hmm. And she was sort of using it to like escape from her life and like get away. Gotcha. Yeah, so that kind of makes some sense, right? They recruited Mm -hmm. one person because she was trying to find a way out anyways. Right. That's usually, I feel like when people join cults, it's not because their life is great. No. It's usually because there's something going on in their life that they're trying to escape. Yeah. Generally. Yes. Unless you're just like mentally ill. Or just bored. Just like really or bored. just really bored. You know, you're like, I'm so bored. I mean, just gonna I, yeah. I, I get it, man. Join the Branch Davidians and move to Texas. I don't know. <laughs> I get it. So she began traveling with them, as we know. Um, she realized shortly after that she made a mistake. Ooh. Yeah. See, they were all poor. If you'll remember, Marshall was in serious debt. 
uh, Bonnie, even though she was a nurse, didn't seem to have much money. And they were just like always stealing and like scheming for free things. Well, she's still working at a nurse at this time. I feel like they were just kind of hopping from like motel room to motel room, right? At, so she wasn't really no, but working, she she was she? a nurse like up to a couple months before this with like a steady income. True, but I mean, I don't know. If I stopped working, I'd be like, yeah, like yeah. almost immediately in financial, <laughs> never financially recover from this. I'll never financially recover no, from I'm, not working for two weeks of my life. <laughs> yes, actually. While traveling, which obviously they did often, um, they would get little odd jobs. And they were constantly trying to recruit people to join them. They were wildly unsuccessful during the time that Sharon was with them, which, again, was only like four weeks. So Sharon was letting the two of them use her credit card, which I'm sure you remember from last week, unless mm-hmm. you just didn't fucking listen to it, which is, I want to know. I didn't. I didn't listen to it. Actually, I did. I, I didn't it. listen to it. So, <laughs> Well, you did the research for it. I did the apple whiting and you did the nettling. Mm. So... She was in charge of recruiting. Sharon was in charge of recruiting while Marshall and Bonnie tried to like scrounge up money. Mm-hmm. Sharon went to occult and metaphysical bookstores and she would just like stand around and like pretend to like peruse stuff. And she would say, I'm picturing her like, like looking through books and being like, hey, hey, what? Did, you, did you hear that? Did you hear that? Like, like trying to like get people's attention, but she was like super shy. So she didn't just like walk off to people mm-hmm. and she would say, Hey, uh, would you, um, what do you think she sounds like? Um, hi. That's really good. <laughs> hi. Oh, uh, would you, uh, would you be interested in, uh, I don't know, maybe like talking to two people who can I don't, I don't know, <laughs> tell you how to leave this planet and take your body with you? I don't know if you're free. Like, do you want to just, uh, mm. thoughts on that? And a lot of people were like, I'm sorry, what? No. So you're saying if she were on the popular show Shark Tank, she probably wouldn't get a deal. I'm going to say maybe Mark Cuban. He takes chances sometimes. Uh, If she had a... Yeah, you're right. She doesn't even have a business If anyone Barbara, she's always the one that takes the bad deals. She's so nice, too. I feel like she believes she believes. No, that's Lori. Lori's the nice one. Barbara's just kind of the dumb one with a lot of money. Oh, she's the one with the hair? Shorter hair, yeah. Yeah, okay. Lori's the sweet one. I hope to one day be described as the dumb one with a lot of money. <laughs> I aspire to be that in life. That's that's all I that's all well, I want. That kind of sucks. So they were doing like behind the scenes work, and they were like, "Sharon, go get more people." And Sharon was just really shitty. At yeah, it. she was like, "Uh, fuck. Okay, fine." <laughs> um, so a few people did say, "Sure, we'll talk to them." Okay, right? okay, that's something. Literally, no one joined their little traveling circus, oh. though. Like, it was just the two of them, plus Sharon. It's a hard sell, man. They started calling Sharon Chella. I'm probably mispronouncing that. It's the Sanskrit word for student. Okay. Marshall would sit her down every morning and lecture her for three hours every day. <laughs> he would answer any questions she had. With He was very patient. He was very kind. But he'd be like, well, we have to talk every day. For three hours. Yeah. And she was like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> also, 
I was just thinking about like how awkward it would be that she was the only one too. <gasps> like sitting on like the edge of the motel bed in the room that they're all sharing. <laughs> it's not like she joined with like her friend or like her boyfriend oh. or I don't even know, just like another random person. It was just like her. Three hours of eye contact with Marshall <laughs> Applewhite a day. I That's insane. I don't know how she didn't go crazy. <sighs> I don't know. Maybe it just she wasn't there long enough. I don't know. Direct eye contact. So once she had asked, why do you dine and dash? And why do you need to use my credit card if God is leading you and you know all of these powerful beings that live in another, like on another planet and they're sending you here and they're helping you. Why aren't they providing for you? Why do I have to give you my credit card and why do you steal things? And Bonnie was like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) She backhanded her. She told Sharon that they, the two of them, did not have to obey the laws of this earth, citing the verse from the Bible, the Lord will be as a thief in the night. And Sharon was like, what? None of that. I don't understand. Sharon's like, yeah, I don't like this. So like, I don't I like having bad vibes. So she reached out to a friend who she was planning to visit when they were traveling through, I think it was Houston. I forgot Mm -hmm. to write it down. Um, So she's like, hey, like my girlfriend lives here. Like I'm going to go visit her. She lives in Houston. We're going to be here anyways. And Marshall Applewhite was like, do as the cosmos wish you to do. (laughs) (laughs) And then he took out his chimes and he made that noise. He doesn't make that noise. That noise simply just follows him when he does something magical. It just happens. It just happens. No one knows where it comes from. Like a Disney princess? Yes. Yes. Marshall Applewhite is the Disney princess of the cult world. He is. He absolutely is. Totally is. Little birds style his hair every morning. (laughs) So when Sharon visited her friend just four weeks after joining Bonnie and Marshall, she went to her friend's house And she was immediately met by her husband, who grabbed her by the arms, pushed her down in a chair, and threatened to have her committed against her will if she didn't go with him. Wow. And then he called the police on Marshall and What a shitty friend. If you did that to me, I would be like, fuck you, man. No. I would. Okay, here's the thing. Is that like, if you joined a cult, and I was like, sounds culty, I'd be like, tell me about the cult. Yeah. What? I wouldn't be like, I'm going to have this man beat you. No, I'd probably like definitely be like, come to my house and try to convince you to not go back. But I wouldn't call your husband. No. First Ugh. of all, that's worse than calling the cops. Honestly, yeah. And then he called the cops? Ugh. Double whammy. Mm-mm. Double whammy. Mm-mm. As we discussed last week, almost immediately, um, Marshall went to jail for credit card like mm. he was getting charged with for credit card not fraud. paying for anything. Yeah. Well, he was also using Sharon's credit card and her husband's like, you can't do that. Mm. Um, so they arrested him for that, but the charges for that were dropped. But remember he went to jail for stealing a car six months earlier. Oh, yeah. And just like not returning it. He rented a car and just never brought it back. Yeah. So rude. <laughs> honestly, I wonder if he had to pay for all like the gas that he like, you know, they make you fill up the tank and it's always like yeah. $8 a gallon for some reason. No. I'm sure they didn't. I don't know, man. He just stole it. He stole all the gas. (laughs) Maybe. So when he got out of jail, like we talked about, um, they just, him and Bonnie met back up. They're like, fuck it. We don't fucking need Sharon. We're moving on. We're going our separate way. So they bought a tent 
They slept almost exclusively in the tent. They ate only rolls and butter and water from restaurants for weeks on end. Wow. Like, you know, when you go in and you're like, oh, are the rolls free? And then you eat like a thousand rolls and then you're like, we have to go. And you're like, well, actually, um, mm, yeah, yeah, we have an appointment. So like they technically weren't dining and dashing, but like so shitty. Yeah. They were also known to sell their blood at blood banks for gas and food money. I didn't know you could sell your blood. Yeah. You used to be able to like sell it like all your blood. And now I think you can only sell plasma. Yeah. I know you can do plasma, but yeah, you just have to donate your blood now. Yeah. And then they sell it. Yeah. Then they're getting a profit off of your blood. Yeah. Also, it's like super homophobic because like gay and bisexual men aren't allowed to donate. It's insane. Mm. It's also like, have you been anywhere that mosquitoes are? Right. Did did you get a piercing in the last seven years? Yeah. (laughs) Like what? Okay. Aren't you guys going to test it for all those things anyways before you put it in anyone's body? Yeah. They don't just like fucking like put a... A needle in your arm and then someone else's arm and like direct tr- transfer it. They're just going to trust whatever you write on the paper and just not do any background on it. Says she doesn't have hepatitis, so she probably doesn't. We're going to believe her. Right? We're going to choose to believe her. Also, it's just like a bunch of yes or no questions you could easily lie on. Exactly. So like if you had a disease that exactly. you wanted to like biologically warfare <laughs> people with, like you wouldn't be able to anyways. I do have one thing to say, though, about Bonnie and Marshall. I mm-hmm. will say that they must have, like, truly, truly, truly believed that they were these, uh, what were they, what were, what did they think that they were? Like, the two. Well, he's Jesus, remember? He's Jesus was reincarnated Jesus, and then in she's, Texas. Because, I mean, they're, I mean, they're kind of going through hell. I mean, at some point, if mm-hmm. you didn't really actually believe that this was your destiny and this is, like, what you were supposed to be doing, you'd probably just be like, oh you know what? I'm just going to go back home. Like, oh, I don't want to only eat buttered bread and water. You mean you wouldn't sleep in an old tent by a river no. with a 47 year old man you just met? <laughs> no. That's there's crazy, glitter Nicole. everywhere. Like, yeah, like that's the worst part. It's like Marshall's so nice, but like there's glitter in my teeth and I just honestly like, in the hair and their eyes and their <sighs> freaking underneath her fingernails. Oh my God. Yeah. So I mean, like I will give them that, that they, mm-hmm. I mean, they went, they went for it, and they did not give up. No, and they actually went a really long time without finding any new followers. Mm-hmm. Marshall was, he stayed in touch with Sharon. Mm, okay. So he they would write letters back and forth to each other. Um, and in one of these letters, he said, Bonnie and I are discovering more and more that the quote-unquote religious and quote-unquote loving are the last to see or accept our truth. So he's kind of like giving up a little bit, it seems like. Mm. Uh, There's a lot of letters between him and Sharon, which I think is interesting that she stayed in contact. Maybe she was trying to like, yeah, that's funny. I don't know. Maybe this is like her outlet, you know, maybe she did feel like they believed, like she believed them, but she just couldn't go with. And it sounds like she didn't, she was taken away from them against her will too. It was her husband. It's not like she left them. Yeah. She was forced to leave them. I did see that he brought her like, I think it was like a three-year-old daughter or something like a little kid Mm. or she had two children. I don't remember now. Um, But he brought the children and they were like, mommy, mommy, please stay. We miss you. And she was like, fuck. Okay. We'll see. What do they what do they call them in evil the new Evil Dead movie? Titty sucking parasites. Yeah. Her little titty sucking <laughs> parasites. Titty sucking parasites. Mommy's with the maggots. Mommy's with the maggots now. So 
So we see in the letters, or I saw in the letters because I wrote them, um, that Marshall kind of starts getting like darker in a way. Like he was once like perpetually just like optimistic. He's like, God will provide. God will find a way. Like I'm God's son. Like he's not going to. He's not going to kill me. He's never done that before. Mm -hmm. God's never, literally never killed his son before. So, like, he's not going to start with me. He would never do that to any of his sons. No, and he would never expect any of his followers to do that to their sons. No. That's just not how he rolls. So why would He would never kill them and then never resurrect them. No, literally never. Never. No. He's never done it. Except now. He did resurrect me. But that's different because I'm Marshall. Mm, Okay. Yeah. He's the original Slim Shady. So he was a man of God. He was unquestioning in his faith, everything. And it kind of seems like he starts at this point to stray from his original ideals. In one letter to Sharon, he wrote, okay, brace yourself for some hard facts here, Sharon. (laughs) Wait, is this an actual quote? This is a quote. (laughs) Okay. Brace yourselves for some hard facts. That's funny. Our father is, all caps, not the sweet and loving father in the ways that we thought. Yeah, that was his takeaway. He didn't know how to spell that, though. <laughs> so he, instead of putting glitter, just put dirt. He just put a sad face like, mm. <laughs> oh, Lincoln. Bonnie wrote to her estranged daughter, Terry. Men must break from all ties that bind him to his earth. Mother, father brother sister especially you terry and in that moment we see bonnie sort of like saw she sort of saw that marshall was like struggling with his faith and being like okay well he's like god doesn't fucking love me actually this really sucks and she's like you know what fuck god fuck everything we're not doing this we're not meant for this she grabs him by the arm and she's like Let's fucking go eat some free rolls, motherfucker. <laughs> Let's eat some bread and butter rolls on me. On me. On the good people at Sizzler. So the two kind of switched their their little mission up. And they started going a little bit harder in a slightly different direction. So the two no longer believed that living a good life and like being like a good person mm-hmm. would lead to heaven, like a good afterlife. They're like, that doesn't make sense. Like, good people die in horrific ways all the time. Why is like why does God create a famine? Why does God do this? Like the things that usually kick people out of religion, like questioning it in that way. Mm-hmm. Instead of that, they like doubled down in just a different direction. And they believed that you should live the life that you want to. Which I go. All right. Yeah. And that one Hell day yeah. you'll ascend to the next level of heaven, no matter what. And that's kind of it. So they're like, like, you do you, and then, like, everyone goes to heaven. Yeah, which makes more sense, in my opinion. Because isn't God supposed to, like, forgive all sins or some fucking shit? If you repent. Oh. There's fine print? Yeah, man. Okay, well, I like the Marshall and, and You gotta Bonnie confess. Thing. You can't just, like, kill a bunch of people and be like, well, oh yeah, you forgive it, right? But then if you do, if you're like, I didn't mean to. Is God like, get in here. He's like, well, in that case. Don't do it again. Only if you promise. I promise, God. (laughs) Marshall likened the life cycle of a human being to that of a caterpillar. We just kind of go about our business doing caterpillar shit. 
One day we turn into a cocoon, which he said is the same thing as a human being dying. Okay. And then we wake up on the next level as a metaphorical butterfly and we live our best lives. All right. That's, I mean, that's not so off uh, from like other religions. Yeah. You know, and like, like it, the afterlife, eternal, you know, it peace, makes sense. Utopia. Also, like you're just kind of like a person yeah. living a life. Like all the bullshit you go through in, on earth and then you die and then you, everything is peace and utopia. Yeah. And you have so much fucking fringe and your outfit is so fucking good. The, the fringe never runs out in heaven. Mm-hmm. No. The fringe is endless. <laughs> endless rolls of fringe. So at this point, Marshall and Bonnie are like, you know what? Yes, this is what we're going to live by. Let's fucking go. We have like this new renewed spirit. It's a little darker, but we're doing it. Let's get the ball rolling. We got to save these fucking people that want to be saved. We got to get our little crew of disciples out here. Let's fucking go. And then they like did a secret handshake and then they were going to go. Right. Sweet. They just flipped it and reversed it a little. And now they're on a different path. Yeah, exactly. Cool. So that's what they did. They moved to California because where else would you go? Right. I mean, it's 1975. Yeah. You're not going to California. Everyone's going to California in 1975. Yeah. It's where the party is. That's what I've heard. So they moved to California in 1975 and they immediately start taking out advertisements for their meetings. I included one here, which I think is so cute and little. It's like a little handwritten thing. Not going to lie. If I saw this ad, I'd be like, yes, let's go to this meeting. Okay. So up until this point, I am fully, I would fully join this cult. There is a turning point where I would be like, I don't know. And it'll come later. But. If I read this, I would go 100%. Yeah. Do you want to read it? Yes. It says, so it's all, it's kind of, is this all handwritten? Mm -hmm. Looks handwritten. Mm -hmm. It says UFOs in San Francisco area. Why are they here? Who they have come for when they will land. Two individuals say they were sent from the level above human and will return to that level in a spaceship. Parentheses UFO. (laughs) Within the next few months, this man and woman will discuss how the transition from the human level to the next level is accomplished and when this may be done. This is not a religious or philosophical organization recruiting membership. However, the information has already been prompted, has already prompted a number of individuals to devote their total energy to the transition process. If you have ever entertained the idea that there might be a real physical level in space beyond the Earth's confines, you will want to attend this meeting. Colon. Gives like that time and date. Monday, August 25th, 8 p.m. University Mm -hmm. of San Francisco. McLaren Hall, room 252. 2130 Fulton Street. Yeah. Near the northeast corner of the Golden Gate Park. Bring snacks. Snacks will not be provided. Snacks will not be provided. BYOS. We all have this role we can share. We took it. <laughs> There's from, just a single role. We took it from Sizzler. We have to divide amongst ourselves. <laughs> so they hung up all these signs, like a ton of them, all over Northern California. They took out ads and newspapers, and they began holding meetings again. At these meetings, they told the participants that they were born, that the two of them were born again and again and again, and that this is only their current form. They are representatives of the beings from another planet, and they are looking for, quote-unquote, participants in an experiment. So in this little flyer, they specifically say, like, you you don't have to join. We're not recruiting. But if you want to hang out, we do have this role we can split. 
Yeah, but I mean, it says they're not recruiting, but it sounds an awful lot like they're recruiting. Yeah, it's like how the U.S. Army's <laughs> like, we're not recruiting. I am a recruiter, but we. No, I'm pretty sure they do. They say that they're recruiting. Oh, I feel like they kind of lie about it. And they're like, do you want free education? Do you want free health care? Well, I mean, yeah. Do you want the a... possibility to die pretty soon in a really horrific way? This might be for you. It's, it's the give and the take. You get your own role here. Free rolls for everyone. <laughs> Snacks are provided at those Ooh. meetings. They said that those who agreed to take part in the experiment would be brought to a higher evolutionary level, the next level. Mm-hmm. Their biggest meeting would include 80 people in Los Angeles at home of psychic Joan Culpepper. Mm-hmm. It was co-led by a mystic, 72-year-old Clarence Klug, Klug? Klug or Klug? Klug. Klug. Clarence Klug. Klug. Who had a large following of quote-unquote students that he wanted Marshall and Bonnie to meet. Joan Culpepper is actually, she's kind of fucking cool. I mean, like, I think I think all of this is cool. Like, I would be interested in hearing everything that these people have to say at this point. Yeah, no, I would full-on go to that meeting after, like, if I saw that flyer. We just, like, had this meeting all last weekend. <laughs> I was going to say, like... <laughs> Our group of friends that we made and, like, the people and everything, like, it's not not a cult. Right? We're just, like, low-level culty about We're just a suicide interests. cult, probably. Yeah, we're just, like... We'll find out. <laughs> we just like a bunch of weird shit. Yeah. It's, it's fine. That's what it is. It's that's fine. what communities it's, are. It's communities. Similar interests. Exactly. Yeah. So Joan is pretty cool. Um, she's, like like an OG psychic for the stars. Like she lives in LA. Ooh. She like dresses like a hippie, like witchy woman. She's got like the whole crystal, like new age shit. She's making fucking bank off of psychic readings. Lives in this massive fucking house. She has quote unquote weird turns me on printed on her business cards. Same. And Joan. she just like fucking like has a little scarf and like twirls her way through life. Like she's living the dream basically is what you're saying. Yeah. She's the Fleetwood Mac was talking about, basically. So at this meeting. That makes no sense. And yet, you continue to laugh. (laughs) At this meeting in May of 1975, the framework for Heaven's Gate was really laid. The two, remember Bonnie and Marshall kept calling themselves the two. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to just fucking call them that because I keep saying lots of words. So the two. Uh, they showed up, right? They're wearing matching track suits. Love it. Because you know what you have to do? Coordinate. You do. They sat in two super big chairs in front of a fireplace because you know what you have to do? Set the scene. Mm. Oh, fireside chat. Yes. We're just buddies. Just Ooh. chatting away. Both of them looked kind of like twins almost. They both had like really short boyish haircuts. They had matching outfits and they both had like weird vacant looks on their faces. I would like, do you have a picture? I know. I was going to put a picture, but then I didn't. Hold on. <laughs> let me get see it. a picture of this. I'm picturing it in my head, but I feel like my mind is not doing it justice. Like, it looks insane in my head. It but, looks uh, insane in real life. I can look it up. Here you go, bud. Look at that hair. Oh, oh my God. They do. They look like brother, at least brother and sister, but definitely twins, too. Yeah. They both got, like, the buckle fat removal. <laughs> the little, like, choppy, like, boyish. I don't know. Yeah. There's a, a ton of videos of them giving lectures and stuff. Um, I can post some links on our social medias. I highly recommend people watch this shit. It's amazing. It's like the two of them just sitting and they just fucking talk and talk and talk and talk. Like they could do it for hours. It's really, I think it's really interesting. 
So these are our kids. Uh, they got a two-for-one haircut over at the haircuttery. They cut it themselves, let's be honest. They cut each other's at the Marshall same time. Marshall did both of them. That's really, you know what? Slay. Slay. <laughs> Marshall did what he did best besides cutting hair. He turned on his cult leader charisma. He said, we are the two prophesized in Revelation. God has sent us here as an experiment. So you might call us Kenny and Pig. <laughs> what? Yeah, they like eventually Kay. come up with like 60 fucking different cute coordinating little nicknames for themselves. And what do we know as a family? It's very lame to make up your own fucking nickname. Yeah, someone has to do it for you, yeah. or it's just like, ooh. You're just gonna look stupid. Like, we all tried to change our name in like what, fifth or sixth grade? Like, you Everyone can actually did. call me this. Mine was Nikki, N I K K I. Mine didn't stick, thankfully. Mine was L E L L E. Also didn't fucking stick. Ironically, only um, the other half. That's your Twitter handle. Yeah, because I'm still trying to make it work, man. <laughs> She's still holding on to that, you guys. No, I tried to make a Twitter that like people couldn't find, and it was like that for a while. Then I connected the podcast to it, and now it's just now fucked. You're, just, you're known. <sighs> yeah. Well, don't make up your own nickname. Or you're going to look fucking stupid like me. Okay. <laughs> no, like, like a guinea and pig. <laughs> guinea and pig. So Marshall just kept talking, keeping it short for like the first time in his life, under 30 minutes. He outlined what they needed who they were, and basically said that if you like what you hear, you can join us, but, in a very big but, you must obey what we say unquestioningly. Hmm. You must give up all of your worldly possessions. You must abandon your family completely, choose a new name, and live this life while giving up your old identity. Okay, yeah. Everything about what you just said screams cult. No. I wonder when they started using the word cult. We looked that up. Sure, I will. So this is when they kind of started losing people. Actually, Joan Culpepper started heckling them. She was really? calling Marshall Mr. Pig and Mr. Pigman and asking them like like sarcastic questions like, uh, quick question, does everyone have to wear your stupid little running suits or what? <laughs> no, she didn't. Dude, swear. She went to their uh, stuff and was just like, it was at her house. Them? Why was she hosting it then? She didn't think that they were a cult. She thought they were just like metaphysical people that like and, wanted to like chat aliens. And once they came out as a cult, she's just started. She was being like, like yeah. super bitchy. Yeah. I do have so the term cult first appeared in English in 1617. No shit. And it's derived from the French word cult with an E at the end. Oh, like culti, huh. culte. Meaning worship, which oh. in turn originated from the Latin wor word cultus, meaning care, cultivation, and worship. Oh, wow. Yeah. The meaning is uh, devotion to a person or a thing. Yeah. Whatever that on the last one. Yeah. Wow. So not only are we a history, true crime, comedy, geography podcast, but also... We're a linguistic specialist. We are, I was going to say, we're a linguistic Etymology. Podcast. You know what? We're Renaissance women. We can do it all. Add it to the motherfucking list. So she's like heckling them. Marshall is flat out ignoring her and just like kind of talks a little bit louder. Like he never yells. Marshall is mm. not a yeller. But he maybe just like talked a little bit louder. Yeah. I picture her like standing in the back with like... One of those like martini glasses in her hand and she's like swaying from side to she's side. She's like a little like, drink. Hey, hey, your suits are stupid. <laughs> I also like to picture that. <laughs> Mr. Peg, 
Mr. Pig. Wait, which one's guinea? Which one's pig? Oink, oink. <laughs> you're, pi- you're the pig? Yeah, and then okay. she's like elbowing people. She's like, am I right? <laughs> am I right? She's like, so stupid. Yeah. So they kind of started losing people when they're like, you have to give up your whole family. Yeah, that's uh, kind of a deal breaker. But surprisingly, 25 people stuck around <laughs> after the event to kind of chat to them. Like, okay. Yeah. It's fine. What sold them was really the sticking point that heaven is a real physical place that they could go to and not just like something they have to wait for to die. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Marshall's like, yes, exactly. You can go there and you don't have to die first. Oh, he, oh, like so he didn't he like, said that. he didn't like drill that home from what I'm picking up. Someone is fucking mowing their lawn right now. I'm going to fucking I'm gonna scream. <sighs> totally picking it up i know it's fine we'll just talk over it you know what this is what happens when you are a professional podcaster and you don't have a studio yeah you record in a haunted attic yeah i wouldn't have it any other way it adds to the (laughs) ambiance. yes it's spring people a podcaster's favorite season Mm, yes so these people uh they were super into it they're like i want to go to heaven they called themselves the seekers they just like came up with that on the spot and the notion of taking a spaceship to heaven was just, like, super fun. They're like, yeah, that sounds great. But what people really liked is that it was a physical place, which other mainstream religions just couldn't offer them. So these people were under the impression that heaven was just, like, a place you could vacation to yeah. over the summer and then come right back down to Earth. Kind of like Albuquerque or some shit. <laughs> They're like, we can go there now. And Marshall's like, well, it's soon, probably. You just equated heaven to Albuquerque. Have you been to Albuquerque? I haven't. So, I mean, I don't know. Little, I also haven't been to heaven. Little slice of heaven. <laughs> little slice of heaven. That's what they call it. They so, Albuquerque, colon, a little slice of heaven. A little slice of heaven. One recruit, a 26-year-old man called Dick Joslin. Because, mm. you know. His dick be Joslin? <laughs> That's good. Sorry, I had to do that. His dick do be Joslin. <laughs> so he was an officer in the Navy, and he told Marshall, that, sorry, he told Peg, <laughs> I know you're not con artists. Oh, okay. That means either you are who you say you are, or you're absolutely mad. And Marshall's like, which one? And he's like, you are who you say you are. 100%. I believe it. 100%. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm going to join. Can I join? Can I do this? Can I join? And Marshall's like, yeah, dude. Like, let's go. For sure. 100%. We love this. That's what we wanted. So Yeah. He's like, okay, cool. I'm so excited. So the two began calling their recruits sheep, their little flock. And then, of course, because all nicknames have to coordinate, they pivoted to calling themselves Bo and Peep. Okay. Do it. Sheeple. So Bo and Peep kind of got in over their heads. They didn't know what to do with 25 people. They're like, fuck, we didn't think this many people would join us. <laughs> we were hoping for like seven. Yeah, that'd be great. Just like one free shade of the week. A solid seven. Yeah. So they just, I mean, Marshall just like kind of preached to them all the time. And they're like, yes, tell us more. And he's like, fuck, okay. Well, all right, here we go. <laughs> Let's do this. You mean he couldn't fill the three hours? He absolutely could. Okay, Don't they wanted six, though. They didn't. He's like, I can give you five and a half tops with uh. a lunch break in the middle. <laughs> so when their flock asked them, when is this spaceship coming? Like, when do we get to go to heaven? Like, what are we doing? They're like, oh, um, 
uh, any day now. It's, it's coming. They just promised these people that they were going to be picked up and brought to heaven. Yeah, like eventually, <laughs> like that's what their plan was. Or like soon. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what they were saying. They're like, we don't know. And then for some reason they said, I don't know, like three months maybe? And people were like, okay, we'll wait. That's fine. We could do that. Sure, sure. Yeah, like they were just like, I'm sure they also believed that eventually it would come. Yeah. It just was a matter of time. They just weren't sure. Mm-hmm. They eventually decided that people would partner up, like to kind of like, you know, instead of talking to 25 people, you only have to talk to half of that, really, because you're <laughs> nice, partners now. Nice. So they would go out missionary style and they would try to recruit more members. They pulled a card out of the Book of Mormon and they went door to door in their little matching outfits. Bo and Peep told their sheep that they would face hardships, that they would have to sleep outside. They would have to beg for food. They would have to beg for charity, but they must never steal. Only Marshall and Bonnie can steal. Okay. So they just like sent them off like into like, they're like go wherever you want in the country and try to recruit people. Do we know how, like, where where are they staying? Or is everyone just kind of staying on their own at this point? Are they together? I think so. I think they're all just kind of, like, they don't really know what to do, but they want them, like, under their control. Mm. So they're in Northern California at the time, like, all of them. Because remember, that's where they got recruited from. Right. Um, and they're just, like, vibing it. They're like, okay, uh, you and you, uh, you go here. You and you, you go there. And they're just like, go out into the world. Give us all your shit. Like, give us all your money. Oh, okay. So they did take people's money. That was going to be my second question. Bonnie did. Bonnie was into it. Marshall was like, we don't need money. And Bonnie's like, Uh, you're right. Pretty sure we do. Pretty sure we do. Yeah. Like, she was the one that kept everything organized. She held the fucking ship together. Okay. (laughs) So the plan was to meet up in Wyoming in two months. Everyone go out. Try to recruit as many people as you can. We'll meet up in Wyoming. And then they promised that the people would be rewarded upon their return to the group. Some people were like, yeah, I want to do that. I don't Mm want to sleep on the street. So I'm going to go home. But a lot of people stayed. So they went out, they did their fucking thing. And then they convened in Wyoming and they just kept kind of like bouncing in and out like that. Like, we're going to go recruit. We'll be back. We're going to go recruit. We'll be back. And they were camping a lot. So, like, they would set up, like, little camps in, like, public, like, national parks and stuff because you can't really kick people out. Right. So, and they didn't have a house or anything at this point. So, in September of 1975, Bo and Peep. All right. I'm sorry that the lawnmowers are so loud. Lawnmowery. We've promised to wage war against our neighbors. We will kill them. Just kidding. I with said, kindness. Yeah, not with my bare hands. It's not what I meant to say no. on a podcast that's being broadcast throughout everywhere. She would never do that. I would never kill someone for making this loud noise when I'm trying to record a podcast. Never even one time. No. And she never has. Never have. Never, never will. That's right. <laughs> Should we continue with the story? Yes, we shall. Okay, so in September of 1975, Marshall and Bonnie are they rent out a conference room in a motel in Waldport, Oregon. 20 more people join the cult after this little conference. Okay, okay. So they, whatever they said. Yeah, it totally worked, right? Yeah, people. So people just in general, like they're kind of creating some buzz and like, you know, they're putting out all these like posters and shit. 
They're starting to be referred to as the UFO cult. Ooh, okay. I like that. People who joined regard, regarded this as a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to do something, not only for themselves, but for the greater good. To kind of, like, spread the word of, like, heaven's real. What if God was one of us? Just a stranger on the bus. Blue, 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 blue. Yeah. More importantly, though, they found a community that they felt like they belonged in. Which I fucking get, dude. Like, in my real life, I preface sentences with, this is going to sound crazy. But when we're amongst our weirdo friends, we're just like, all right, so this ghost is looking me in the eye, right? (laughs) And it's just, like, when you're around your people. Let's talk ultra-terrestrials. Yeah, it feels more comfortable. Yeah. What's fun, in my opinion, is that all walks of life were joining the cult. Like, students, corporate executives, some, like, lower-level celebrities, models, lawyers. What? Everyone was welcome in the crew, in the flock, soon to be Heaven's Gate, in this little community. Like, they're like, anyone, let's go. Obviously, people had to leave their lives cold turkey to join the group. Like, cut it off immediately, you had to come with us. Which caused extreme upset in the communities in which this was happening. Like, 20 people leave from you know a tried a tried town area or whatever that's a lot and they just like up and leave and you're not supposed to tell anyone where you're going really well especially if they have families too and you're like daddy where'd mom go she went out to get cigarettes honey (laughs) she never came back (laughs) so detectives were being hired private eyes were being hired journalists were even looking into the disappearances and then America's sweetheart gets involved. Dwayne the Rock Johnson? Walter Cronkite. Shit. I know. Close. So close. Yeah. If he was older, he probably would have. Yeah. Dwayne the Rock Johnson would have yeah. done it. Yeah. Or Mark Wahlberg. Like when he said 9-11 wouldn't have happened on his watch. <laughs> this would have happened on his watch. And then he'd be like, say hi to your mother for me. And then you would, because that's a nice thing yeah, to do. Then you have to. Yeah. <laughs> so Walter Cronkite of CBS News fame, America's news darling, decided to cover the phenomenon that is kind of like what made Heaven's Gate spring forward into the cultural zeitgeist. Like they're talking about it on the nightly news that everyone sits down and watch and watches. So his national segment started with, I can't do a Walter Cronkite voice. I could try. It's not going to sound like him. A score of persons. I can't do it. A score of persons from a small (laughs) Oregon town have disappeared. It's a mystery whether they've been taken on a so-called trip to eternity or simply they've been taken by a group of earthlings who believe they're on their way to a rendezvous with a rocket ship from outer space tonight at seven i'm walter cronkite yes cbs news (laughs) so this totally freaked marshall and bonnie out they were like fuck like we're we want people to know about us but like They're kind of painting us in a bad light here, like we're kidnapping people. So they decide that they're going to go into hiding for fear that the FBI would arrest them and like shut down their little program. So they kind of lay low. And in 1976, the group makes a decision as a whole to just put a pause on recruiting. They're just going to stop. They're just going to like live their little lives with each other for a minute. And we're we're just going to play it cool. Like no one's getting kidnapped. No one's. We don't need any more news. Got right? you. And I just double checked because mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure that like, so you said 76. Mm-hmm. Jonestown was 78. Perfect. 
So this is before Jonestown. So there isn't any like, I mean, there's still, this is could be a cult, but it's not yeah. like on everyone's radar of like, this might be another thing like this, yeah. you know? Which if you guys haven't listened to our Jonestown series, it was like, what, five episodes or something? Yeah, it was crazy. It was so long. I thought it was really good. It was heavy, heavy, deep shit. Yeah. So if you guys haven't listened to it, uh, maybe go do that when this is over. If, if you, you want. go do that. Yeah, just skip to the second one in the series, though. Why would you listen just to Just listen one? to that one and nothing else. Nothing else. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. stab my ears out. This is, like, getting louder somehow. He, It should be done. Like, oh. I willed that. You spoke into existence. Into existence. <laughs> All right. We're good. Marshall and Bonnie also began to tighten the reins and step up, and they set up a rigid set of behavioral guidelines like they put a ban on drugs. They put a ban on sexual activity, what? including masturbation. What? Mm -hmm. Come and on. They also wanted to make sure that everyone knew that they were the authority figures of this group. Bonnie would be in charge and Marshall would be her right hand man. So really, Bonnie's the one laying down the law. They went from a loosely organized social group to a centralized religious movement. Sort of like a moving monastery, if you will. Like they were like getting legit and like making rules and they wanted to be taken more seriously and not treated like a scary little joke. So their flock, again, began to be dispatched in sets of two to kind of like suss out the vibe across the country. Like you go to Michigan and like see like kind of like float it at a coffee shop or something and like see what people say. Okay, so they were going, like, all around. It wasn't just in... No, like, nationwide. Around California. They were going all around. Okay. They had to check in with... Everyone that went out had to check in with Bonnie and Marshall, but they were prohibited to talking to them directly because they didn't want to, like, be tied to them yet, just in case, like, the FBI was, like, tapping phones and, like... Because they were getting a little bit paranoid about it. Gotcha. After the Walter Cronkite gate. <laughs> after Cronkite gate. <laughs> So they would work through a series, like a really like complicated series of phone relay and notes that would be sent to P.O. boxes. That's very odd. To like, yeah, to like get in contact with people, to just be like, hey, everything's cool, smiley face. But like it took 48 hours to get that message to them. Right. And then someone had to pick it up from a P.O. box. <laughs> At this time, the membership was actually estimated to be around 200 members. So... Kind of big from where they started with one person. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Most of the people, though, kind of kept it on the DL. Like, they weren't, like, walking around with T-shirts that said, like, I'm in a UFO cult. They would just, like, I don't know, maybe start a conversation with someone at a bar. Like, hey, do you believe in UFOs? And then, like, the other one that they were traveling with would be like, I do. Why? And they'd kind of, like... Mm. not not infomercial it you know what i mean so you're telling me they didn't have matching velour tracksuits with ufo cult bedazzled on the back and rhinestones not at this time okay but eventually will they that's marshall's dream <laughs> okay he loves a coordinating outfit you saw those nikes i know i know he loves he loves a sequin did you see their logo it's beautiful and yeah who do you think designed that him obviously <laughs> He's the flair. The herf himself. <laughs> Bonnie is the brains and he's the flair. So true. Which one of us? Oh, you're the brains. No, oh, you're also the flair. God, no, you're the flair. I don't know about that. You're the flair. You're by far the flair. You're the smart one, though. 
But you're the fashionable one. I'm the flair. You're the fashion. <laughs> you're the you're the outgoing flair. Flair for sure. Okay, like I'm an actual flare, like the fireball that gets shot into the sky. Yeah, like everything you touch turns to fire. I'm just kidding. I'm just yeah. kidding. So Marshall and Bonnie, they kind of start getting bored. They're like, we're doing like all this like secret shit and like, I don't want it anymore. And like, we're like hiding out in national parks and like, what if we like did something sort of fun? Mm-hmm. So they want to tell their story again. They want to get out there again. They want to be the face of the UFO society, I guess. And they even kind of wanted to seem like martyrs in front of the press. Like they were actually being persecuted for their religious beliefs. Mm, Not like you can't make fun of us because we're actually like, I don't know, not sovereign citizens, but like ultra citizens or some shit. Right. Mm -hmm. Which actually happened at the perfect time. They changed their mind. And then almost immediately they were approached for an idea for a book by writers Hayden Hughes and Brad Steger. The book was to be called UFO, Missionaries Extraordinary. The two assumed that this would be able to kind of, like they would be able to tell their story in this book, Mm -hmm. but it didn't really pan out that way. It kind of told the story about how they were obsessed with death and they were like a little bit unhinged and like kind of painted them to be cult leaders. Well, yeah, because they're not writing it. Somebody else is writing on their behalf. I wouldn't 100% believe that it would go the opposite way that I thought it would, you know? Yeah, and I I read an article, um, an interview with this Brad Staker guy, and I put a little bit of it in here. But from what it seemed was like Marshall and Bonnie would just fucking talk at them for hours. <laughs> and they'd be like, okay, we got enough for today. Like, thanks. Like crazy pants. Yeah. Brad Sager said, exactly. He's like, we can be done now. Thank you. Brad Sager said that they definitely believed in what they were saying. Like to a scary degree. Well, Yeah. They even wanted the book publication to coincide with their anticipated assassination. Wait, they're anticipating their own assassination. Yeah, remember they said that they were they were going to be killed. Oh, right, right, right. Like struck down like Jesus was on the cross or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they're like, okay, we have to plan it out. The book is released the same day we get assassinated. And Brad's like, when are you getting assassinated? <laughs> He's like, yeah, when's that? Let me put it in my calendar. And they're like, when are you getting assassinated? Yeah. And they're like, oh, I guess we don't really know. In that case, we're going to starve ourselves to death to complete the prophecy. So when the book comes out, we die. And he's like, time it. Yeah. And so he, when? he was like, okay, that's what you want to do. He's like, fine, man, just live your life, I guess. Just sign the sign off that I can use all this shit in here. <laughs> can like, I use your real names? Yeah. No, call us a plethora of these other weird fucking (laughs) names. In June of 1976, the two decided that they had recruited enough people for their impending ascension. Bonnie said at this point, they had enough butter, and now it's time to clarify that butter. So they held a meeting with their remaining members. They all met up in Medicine Bow National Forest in Wyoming. And this is where Marshall told everyone that if you're not serious, leave. Get the fuck out. They made a rule that only adults could join, only those over 18 to avoid any charges of kidnapping. It's a smart move. Very smart. (laughs) I'm going to say Bonnie came up with that one. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, yeah, you can't bring your kids. No Because that's kidnapping. 
Except for your cats. You, you can bring call. your cats. Jade, you can't call. That's not kidnapping if it's a cat. She says you can. Shade, you can is it try. kidnapping? She's fucking done with me. <laughs> I made eye contact and didn't feed her. They also all had to agree, like in writing, give up your possessions. You're going to live a life devoid of indulgence in any possible way. They had to agree that everything was to be shared as a community. No one owned anything. It was all for the greater good. Because this was how the next level was going to be. So everyone needs to learn how to share now. And if you don't agree with that, you can fucking leave. Every member was to also present themselves in a professional and reserved way. They were never to swear or use crass language in any way. Mm. And in public, it was a rule that they all had to carry a $5 bill and a roll of quarters for emergencies. So they didn't look like poor little scavengers. They looked like professional business people. <laughs> With $5 and a roll of quarters. I mean, I guess for the bus and shit. Like, it's 1976. It's not... Okay. That's not nothing at that point. If they wanted to smoke pot or even cigarettes, you can get the fuck out. If you want to have sex, get the fuck out. You want a jacket every day? Get out. No can't jacking? You can't J-O? No J-N-O. No J-O-ing? No J-O-ing. Fuck. Not even one day. Not even one You want to do that? Get the fuck out, okay? At this point, all but around 100 people left. So they still have 100 people. About, yeah. That's shocking to me. I know. And they were so serious about not having sex in the group and keeping sexual urges down. Like, they really, like, Marshall drove that home especially. He's like, look, man, if you even get, if you so much as get a boner, you got to stop that. No, not allowed. This is a boner-free zone. It's a boner-free zone. Okay, you're going to bring a boner to a fucking God fight right now? We don't need that. You're going to come into my house and pop a boner? I don't think so. I don't fucking think so. And then his little chimes went off. He slapped. He backhanded the boner. (laughs) He karate chopped every boner he saw. (laughs) (laughs) Just karate chopping boners left and right. (laughs) So he was so serious about this. That they would later go on to start doing castrations of their members. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Which yeah, you may remember from such things as history. <laughs> yes. uh, we'll talk about castrations more on the next episode. Ooh, yay. Which is super fun. Can't wait. Their most important rule was that everyone had to ascend to the next level when their time came. That was like a make or break for them. No boners and you got to go to the next level. Mm. The way to get to the next level, it was just honestly so simple, like so easy, like anyone can do it. Okay. Once a person, a member, had perfected themselves through, quote unquote, the process, there's just like a few, a few different ways you can get to the next level. You can graduate. You get a little diploma and you go to the next level. Okay. You could be physically picked up on a very real spaceship that definitely exists and transfer to a next level body aboard the spacecraft. They believed that a, a again, a very real spaceship, which I believe in aliens, 100%. Fuck yeah. They're like, a spaceship's going to come. It's going to descend down to Earth. It's going to collect me, Marshall, Bonnie, all of you, all of our human bodies. We're going to get on this little ship. Maybe we'll have a snack. I don't know. And it's got rolls, butter. Let's do this. And then they will be transformed through biological and chemical processes. 
to become perfected beings. Duh. With no boners. No boners. Not even one boner in sight. Not a single no. boner. Perfect beings do not get boners, Nicole. Don't nope. be ridiculous. Nope, they don't. No. The perfect man never gets a boner. That's what I always say. <laughs> they would go on to believe that a comet called Hale Bop was their actual spaceship, and they wanted to wait for it to pick them up. Like, little kids waiting at like a school bus stop and they're just like sitting there and they're waiting and they're like where's hail bob and then it comes and it picks them up and takes them to the next level right the next level uh you can also get to the next level if you die a natural death an accidental death or a death from random violence so basically just if you die yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah. just if you die uh-huh they're okay. like well good news you're dead but your soul will graduate from your human vessel to your next level body. So don't even worry about it. You got curb stomped. Don't even worry about it. Okay. Or you could choose a willful exit. You can abandon your body. And you can move to the next level whenever you want to. Oh yeah. How do we do that? Well they're anti-suicide. They made, There's a whole part on their website that says we are against suicide. Is that before, after? No, currently. They're, they're always against it. It's not suicide. Oh. That's not suicide. Oh, so they've always taken the stance. Mm -hmm. Okay. They're not dying by suicide. They're simply going to the next level. Completely different. Oh, yeah. It's a completely different thing. It's nothing. It's not the same. No. It's completely no. different. Totally. This willful exit option would be used years later by 39 members in a ritual uh, they don't like the word, but a ritual suicide, as we all know, which we'll talk about that, obviously, at the end of the series. So next yeah. week. That's the big shebang that we're going to yeah, get to. The, uh, you guys didn't know. Yeah. It's the fireworks at the end of the show, baby. <laughs> now, I would like to end this episode by reading the intro to their website. Their website is still up. If you guys haven't gone to heavensgate.com, highly recommend. It's gorgeous. Like you can buy books there. Um, they used to have this thing where you could rent VHS tapes from them. What were on these uh, VHS tapes? It was just videos of Marshall and Bonnie, like telling you what's up. Like, this is what you gotta do. It's not that hard. Like, join our cult if you want. It was just like informational VHS tapes. I see in the reflection of your glasses that you are on it right now. I am now. on it right now. They have uh, a book. They do have a book. They have their own book. They do. So, this is their intro, which, by the way, uh, I will stumble over because the fucking punctuation in this is asinine. Huh. 2,000 years ago, a crew of members of the kingdom of heaven who are responsible for nurturing gardens, quote-unquote, determined that a percentage of the human, quote-unquote, plants of the present civilization in this garden, parentheses, earth, had developed enough that some of those bodies might actually be ready to be used as containers for soul deposits. Upon instruction, the members of the kingdom of heaven then left behind his body in that next level, parentheses, similar to putting it in a closet, like a suit of clothes that doesn't need to be worn for a while. Okay. There's a lot of analogies on this. Yeah. They came to Earth and moved into or incarnated into an adult human body or vehicle that had been prepped for this particular task. The body that was chosen was called, drumroll please, Jesus. There he is, fringe and all, baby. <laughs> the member of the kingdom of heaven who was instructed to incarnate into that body did so at his father's or older member's instruction. 
he moved into or took over that body when it was 29 or 30 years old. Okay. The perfect time <laughs> to incarnate. Am I right? I don't know. My body started falling apart when I was I was, was going to say, so. I bet you that uh, body has a lot of knee issues and <laughs> neck problems because that's what happened to me when I turned 30. This vehicle needs new brakes, baby. <laughs> At the time referred to it as baptism by John the Baptist, the incarnation event was depicted as the Holy Spirit descending upon him in boldly form, bodily form like a dove. That body, named Jesus, was tagged in its formative period to be a receptacle of a next-level representative, and even just the tagging gave the vehicle some unique awareness of its coming purpose. So basically what they're doing here, um, if you guys haven't gathered it, is that they're taking a already written and well-respected book, the Bible, if you've heard of it, and they are flipping and flopping it around to fit their little narratives, right? Mm-hmm. So it goes on and on. So many things. So many things. Our mission is exactly the same as what Jesus's mission was. I'm paraphrasing here. I am in the same position to today's society as was the one that was in Jesus then. My being here now is actually a continuation of the last task as was promised to those who were students 2,000 years ago. They are here again, continuing in their own overcoming while offering the same transition to others. Our only purpose is to offer the discipline and grafting required for this transition into membership in my father's house. My father, my older member, came to me this time for the first half of the task to assist the, to the task, to assist in the task because of its present difficulty. Looking to us, and desiring to be part of my father's kingdom can offer to those who with deposits that chance to connect to the level above human and begin the transition. Your separation from the world and reliance upon the kingdom of heaven through its representatives can open to you the opportunity to become a new creature, one in the next evolutionary level, rightfully belonging to the kingdom of heaven. And it is signed the present representative, Doe. Because that's what Marshall was calling himself. Mm. Because uh, they were really big fans of the sound of music eventually. And, and T. Yeah, and they call themselves T and Doe. Like that stupid fucking song. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Abra. That's where I'm going to leave us on this episode. Next week, we will wrap up the saga of Heaven's Gate. Probably. It's probably going to be a long one. Uh, we're going to follow them into the 80s. Remember, we're in the late 70s right now. They're about to come into a little bit of money. Ooh, interesting. Uh-huh. They're about to get really fucking bonkers. This is when shit gets really good. Shh, yeah. It's like the final episode of this s- series, We've basically. got the castrations. Yeah. We've got money. We've got almost deaths. We got Nike. an actual death. Yeah, I told you I have a whole article about the person that sold them the sneakers. And he's like... If I had known what they were going to do with those running shoes, I never would have sold them those running shoes. Bullshit. You would have sold them even more. I would have. I would buy a pair right now. Are you fucking kidding me? Fuck yeah. So yeah, next episode, we're going to get real Bonk City, babe. Uh, One of our leaders is going to (laughs) die. Spoiler. And then they're going to spiral into the eventual ascension. Nice. yeah, so get your tracksuits ready, and we'll see you next get week. Get your tracksuits ready, and uh, I guess, well, I'm just going to end this now, because I don't know if you guys could hear, but my dog is 
about to poop in her pants. A lot of these episodes with us end with us <laughs> being like, the cats have to eat. The dogs, the dogs have, shit. have to shit. Yeah. So I'm just going to go ahead and say, remember to celebrate the strange. And keep it unusual. Bye. Bye.